Hallelujah. In any tongue, any language, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you, oh God. For there is none like you. Hallelujah. Fill this place, oh God, I pray with your presence. Have your way, oh Holy Spirit. Move. Touch hearts and lives, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of God today? Amen. I want to remind you Jesus is still alive. Not quite as big of a crowd as we had last week, but it's good to see everybody here. I'm, I'm glad to worship today. I'm excited about worship today. Um, <clears throat> I have a word for us today that I feel like the Lord is speaking to us, and um, I, He knows exactly what we need, does He not? And so we just, uh, I, I submit myself to him today, praying that he would use me as his mouthpiece to just be able to minister to you today and to give you the word that the Lord has just poured into me. And I believe that it will be a blessing. Um, should, should God show up, of course, it will be a blessing. And so that's what the goal is today. All right, let's get started. Let's go straight into the book of Acts chapter 19. I do want to make a couple announcements before I get started this morning because I will forget if I don't do it. Junior talent practice this coming Friday. That's not a Sunday. It's going to be a Friday practice, April 29th from 6 to 8.30. And then uh, next Sunday, May 1st, um, after service until 2.30 is what I have here. And junior talent competition is on May 13th through 14th at Praise Cathedral in Greer. So be praying for, for our kids as they participate in that. Also, the dates uh, that we may want to note coming up, if you, just to remind us, Mother's Day is going to be May 8th. That's only two weeks away. Are you all ready for that? I'm good to you mothers every year. Don't even go there with me. Y'all always leave with good gifts and blessings. And so we're going to be giving away stuff. I love giving away gifts, so it's going to be fun. And then we have Is a Queen a Festival, which is May 21st. Seth and Carrie Monroe are going to have a booth set up to represent the church. I think we've got some nice balloons being made right now. We're going to be handing out balloons and some other information about the church. So go out there and just shake some hands. Say hey to everybody. And um, they need help. So there's a sign-up sheet uh, going to be in the, in the foyer. It's going to be a one-hour increments, so they're asking that everybody take one hour each, and so um, that way to take the pressure off of just one or two folks, all right? So if you could help, please sign up. Um, Seth and Carrie, just be at the back this morning and help them with that. I can't find y'all. I know you're somewhere out there. There it goes. So Seth and Carrie, they'll be out there with the sign-up sheet this uh, after service that you can sign up if you would like at the church. Graduation recognition is also going to be on May 22nd, Church of God State Camp Meeting coming up June 12th through 15th. Also check out our church website, gaphillcog.org for events. Also, you can type G-H-C-O-G, all right, in the app store and you can find our app there. Got sermons, dates, everything you need to know about the church right there. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles. Did y'all just hear what I read to you? Unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those that had evil spirits saying we exorcise you by Jesus 
whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. So that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Don't mess with the devil unless you're anointed with the spirit to do so. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a scripture that shows us that when we try to mess around with evil spirits in our own flesh, these men left with physical marks, literal wounds, clothes stripped off of them because of a crazy demon-possessed person. You just don't mess with the devil unless you're a child of God. And then he has no authority, as we've already talked about in the past weeks, over your life. This became known both to all the Jews and, and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. God's going to get his glory. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together. Somebody was telling me just this past week, we got a place right there in Pickens that's got all these tarot cards and all this stuff, and... Um, Worshiping moons and everything else. Every time you drive through there, rebuke it in Jesus' name that God would shut it down. Don't everybody shout it once you'll ruin my message. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together, burned them in the sight of them all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That's a chunk of change. So the word of the Lord grew mightily, and what did the word do? It does what it always does. It prevailed over wicked. Now, I want to talk today, if I could, on He is a supernatural God. We've called Him an on-time God. We've called Him a healing God, a delivering God. Today, I want to just sum it up in the words. He is a supernatural God. Do you understand what the word supernatural means? The word supernatural, and I'm going to give you the definition. It is a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. I'm going to read that one more time so you can grasp it. A manifestation or an event that will happen attributed to some force that is beyond scientific. Science can't explain it, can't understand it. And it even doesn't pay any attention and bypasses the very laws of nature. Now to put it in layman's term, what supernatural means is it isn't supposed to happen, but it happens anyway. It's not supposed to happen, but when supernatural things take place, it happens anyhow, regardless of what science tells us, regardless of what your CDC wants to tell you, when the supernatural gets involved, it trumps all of those things. And it leaves scientists and medical fields scratching their head, wondering what in the world has happened and they can't explain it. When I was looking in my Bible, and I've read the book of Acts numerous times, but as I go through the book of Acts, I read about a church that, that had supernatural power. When I look at the church, it is not a mediocre church. It is not filled with mediocrity. It is not a church that is a dead church. It is not a church that, that you come in and sometimes God moves and sometimes He doesn't. It is not a church that is a fearful church. It is not a powerless church. But all through the book of Acts, which is the first church, which we, the Pentecostals, are to model after the first church. It is the blueprint for Pentecostal churches today to go by. And when I read in the book of Acts, all that I can find is a church that is full of supernatural power. There are things that are going on that you just can't seem to explain. It is in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. That the Bible teaches us that unlearned and uneducated men began to speak fluently. When they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they began to speak fluently. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, I took Spanish for a couple years. And I know adios amigo, right? And I know hola. And I can say all those little things. But when it gets to carrying on a conversation, what I'm trying to say is I'm not fluent in the language. I'm not even fluent in English. We had a talk a few weeks back. The only thing I'm fluent in is Southernology. You remember we talked about that. That's that twang. That's that Southern talk. I understand that. I'm pretty fluent at that, a matter of fact. Too fluent sometimes. 
But what you have to understand is these men are unlearned, they are uneducated, but they begin to speak in these languages. All nations are hearing them, and they had never been taught them before, but the Holy Spirit came on them. And the only way that they can speak in these languages fluently, the only explanation is something supernatural was going on. In praising God, we read the story in Acts chapter 3 of the story of where God gets so much glory and praise. In Acts chapter 3, 1 through 9, there's a man, he's lame from birth. He was born this way, everybody knows it. But he was supernaturally healed by the power of God. The Bible said, who in the world did this? They begin to question, who is the person that did this? And he says, I can't even take it. Some guy that came and prayed for me. I don't know his name. I don't know where he's from. I don't know anything. All that I do know is that I was a lame man. And look at me now. I'm up and he was walking and leaping and shouting and praising God in the temple. People are scratching their head. They're trying to understand it. But that is supernatural power that is coming from a supernatural God. It cannot be explained. But it is the power of God at work. A matter of fact, in that very sermon, you can read. After he heals this guy, he starts preaching in the temple, the apostle Peter does. And at at the actual baptism in Acts chapter 2 of the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, they had 3,000 saved. On this occasion, after the supernatural miracle took place, the Bible said that there were 5,000 people. That were added to the church. So they had some kind of a revival. After a supernatural phenomenon had taken place. That nobody is able to explain. It is in Acts chapter 19. My text verse 15 through 19. That we read. That there is such a manifestation of the supernatural power of God. People are getting under such conviction. And you have to understand in their day. There was a lot of witchcraft going on. There was a lot of idolatry worship there's a lot of paganism going on and back in those days you read about it Peter and you read about it with Paul and they were really brazen in that day to walk around and they would cast spells and and you remember the demon girl that was trying to incantations on Paul and and finally Paul got tired of it and turned around and said in the name of Jesus come off of her she's a fortune teller but all of a sudden the supernatural happened And God took care of it. Do you know even among us. I just told you. We have some even in our own county. That are trying to bring this this stuff about. Listen. It's real folks. It is the working of darkness. You know I find it hard to believe. That people come into the church. And we worship God of course. But I find it hard to believe. That there's people in the world. That actually come in the church. And hail Satan. And worship Satan. Can you even imagine that? I mean, man, that just gives me kind of the heebie-jeebies. I mean, people chanting and praising Satan. But it's going on, folks. It's going on. And I'm going to tell you something. It's time for the church to stand up and to speak out. I was watching a pastor the other day. You may know him from Facebook. But he had been sent one of those little, I don't know what you call them, some kind of medallion-looking thing, medallion-looking witchcraft had that, uh, whatever it's called, Pentagon, whatever they call it in in witchcraft, but it had it on there and they had sent it to him and and wanted it to curse him and his church and and he said, and I liked it because he did exactly what Paul did, he said I'm going to tell you, I'm not afraid of this thing he said, and we're collecting everything that's been sent to us from witches he said they've had witches coming to their church to try to cast spells during during the services he said, we're going to have a bonfire and we're going to burn every bit of this mess in the name of Jesus And, and he started speaking over that thing and said, in the name of Jesus, whatever spell has been put on this, I rebuke it by the power of God you have to understand that this God that we serve is not intimidated by any force of darkness this God that we serve is a supernatural God revival can come in such a way That witches and warlocks, they're bringing their books. And the Apostle Paul lights a fire, has a bonfire. And they shout and rejoice as all the items are thrown in. 50,000 pieces of silver. All the satanic thing. All the idols they have been worshipping. And they burn them all because of Paul's revival and the supernatural that's taken place. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles were so anointed that their very shadows as they walk by are healing people. 
the Bible specifically names Peter as one of them. I don't know if it was with the others or not, but I do know that the Bible said that they would pray that, that Peter's shadow would just pass by them because when his shadow touched them, they were healed. That is supernatural, folks. It got so good that the Apostle Paul, the Bible said that they began to take the cloths from him. Now, I began to study on this thing, and I wanted to know what it was. And I figured out that the handkerchief or apron was kind of wore around the head. So, so Paul is a tent maker. And so he would take that handkerchief, and he would tie that handkerchief around his head. And what it was is some may call it a do-rag, or they call it... A sweat rag. And, and, he, and as he worked in the sun, the sweat would stay out of his eyes. And they began to take that rag and they began to cut it. And they said, we're going to make this rag. We're going to anoint it. We're going to pray over it. And we're going to send it out. This is where we get when people come up and we have the little, we have the nice little neat prayer cloths. I mean, I guess we could use my sweaty ones if y'all really want to get spiritual. No, we'll stick with the other ones. But anyhow, and so we've got these nice little neat prep, but it comes from that same mentality that when Paul, when they cut it and they begin to send it out to people and pray over them, when it touched the body of the demon, this is powerful, when it touched the hands of the demon possessed, demons are running away. Boy, that, that's exciting. I mean, that's just... That don't get you going, nothing will. I mean, they, they, they anoint these things and they hand them to sick people. And when they hand them to sick people, the Bible says immediately they are healed. I'm trying to tell somebody, this is what you call supernatural. This is something that is not supposed to happen. But when God gets involved, it does. So the Holy Spirit is transferring from the body of Paul through his clothing. And it is setting the captive free. A supernatural power. Science cannot explain it. It defies the very laws of nature. That is why the world doesn't understand when the church starts operating and functioning in the supernatural. They can't understand it. A matter of fact. They call you crazy. When you start believing that kind of stuff. I mean who think. I mean isn't it crazy. To think that we can cut this cloth. And we can anoint it with oil. And we can send it to the sick. And the sick. Isn't that crazy. Who would even think. That that would work. But see, what you understand, it's not necessarily the cloth that is so powerful. It is the supernatural that gets in that cloth. It is the power of faith and prayer that heals the sick. So when I anoint, I don't care if it's a bottle over here. If I say today we're sending out the sunny water bottles and we're going to anoint them. And when they get ready to drink them, we're going to pray that God would heal them. I don't care what it is. It is not necessarily the object that is being used. It is the supernatural when it gets involved and God says their faith has touched heaven and run the prayer bells. And through that object, people are being made whole and demons are being cast out. It is powerful, folks. The supernatural. But this is why God told us in the Bible. He said when the spirit begins to move and supernatural things begin to happen. He says the world can't understand. That is why in Acts chapter 2, whenever they were filled with the Holy Ghost. What was the first thing that they said? These men are crazy. They are. We talked about it. They're drunk. It's got to be alcohol, right? It's got to be alcohol. There's no way this is possible. They're, they're, these people are crazy. They just mumbo jumbo in. I don't know what in the world's going on over here, but they're crazy. And that is why God said when it comes to supernatural things, the flesh can't understand. The world cannot understand. And that is why he said the world's going to call you names. And they're going to call you funny. And they're going to call you crazy. And they're going to call you wild. And they're going to call you holy rollers. And they're going to say, man, these people don't make no sense. Because the flesh cannot understand the supernatural. And that's why when God begins to move, the world scratches their head and says there's no way. And the only thing that they can say, oh, those people are crazy. There's no God. There's no way that's happening. Those people are a bunch of loony tunes. But what they don't understand that I understand he said I've got the spirit inside of me and I know what's going on because the spirit can understand what the flesh cannot understand and when it comes to this supernatural world you have to have the spirit to understand the things of the spirit I'm going to tell you sometimes God even blows my mind and I'm full of the spirit and sometimes I'm like how in the world did he do that so I know if sometimes even spirit filled people and we're like whoa 
man, did God really do that? Man, that's amazing. If sometimes it's hard for us to grasp, you know the world can't grasp it. You know they can't understand it. But everyone in this house today, under the sound of my voice, you understand that that is the kind of power that our God possesses. If you are a man or woman of faith in here today, you understand with me that He is a supernatural God. You understand with me that you can be healed supernaturally. You understand with me today that you can be delivered supernaturally. God can save you. He can set you free from drugs and alcohol and an immoral life because He is a supernatural God. There is no AA meetings needed. There is no 10 class course needed because when the supernatural God shows up, things happen that aren't supposed to happen. And we can't explain it. But I want somebody to grab today that that is the God that you serve. So sometimes we want to live in the supernatural. And we have to understand that the church in general, especially the Pentecostal church, has to embrace its heritage. Now's not the time to shy away from Pentecost. Now is the time to embrace it. Now is not the time to try to hinder what God is wanting to do. Now is the time for us to push forward and say, God, take us to a deeper place with you. Take us to a place in the Spirit with you that we've never been before. Now is the time to embrace the heritage and extend the power of the Spirit into this generation and into the generations to come. To this generation, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your grandchildren's children. Because if somebody doesn't embrace the supernatural, after a while our children are going to be saying like Israel, what is that? We weren't here when the Lord did that. We don't remember that. We may have heard about it and after a while it dies out and it becomes a relic of the past and that's all that we've got and for some of us that have seen it sometimes all that we hold on to is a relic from the past of where God used to do it and how we remember talking about what God used to do and one time we saw it but God is not desiring that for his church God is desiring a church that experiences it fresh the fire of God is here now the power of God is here now the supernatural is here now and we have to get to the place that we begin to operate and function in the Holy Spirit understand with me and I don't have time to do it today because time won't permit me but you get over there in Corinthians and you can read the order of the church and you can read Paul he talks about everything done decently in the order and we could talk about that but he tells us about the gifts of the Spirit. Does anybody recall reading that? In the gifts of the Spirit. I believe it's chapter 14. He begins to talk about that. And there's so many gifts of the Spirit. That are intended for the church to operate in. The gift of healing. The gift of diverse kinds of tongues. The gift of, there's nine distinct gifts. That God gives us in those books. The gift of tongues. The gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of wisdom. I mean, he goes down through and he the, the gift of discerning of spirits, knowing whether it's of God or not of God. And so he gives us all these gifts. It is God's will for the church to operate and function under that gifting. It is God's will to distribute among his body the gifts of the Spirit. So somebody says, how do we live in the supernatural? I would direct you to Corinthians and I would tell you to read about those gifts. And I would encourage you to be like the Apostle Paul when he said, desire the best gifts. He said, pray that you may prophesy. Y'all remember reading that in your Bible? Which is yet another gift of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy. He says, above all else, be able to prophesy. I mean, these gifts are for our using, for our taking. But what God is needing is somebody that will have enough faith to get into the supernatural world that won't be afraid that people will think 
bad of them or people may talk about them or, or people may look at them funny if they actually operate in the gift. Let me tell you something. We are Pentecostal and we are proud to be Pentecostals and I want you to know something. That if we're going to have the supernatural moving of the Spirit like God desires for us to have, we need to start functioning and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm telling you it's true. It's true. So God says, I'm looking for people that can function in the supernatural. It leads us to where is my Paul? Where, where is my Peter? Where, where is my Moses? I mean, where, where are the men of God, especially of the New Testament church? Where's my Timothys, my young men that are stirring up the gift of God inside of themselves? Where are they? See, I want you to understand. See, I was thinking the other day. You know, I say it often and we probably say it. I wanted to tell somebody the other day I was talking to a preacher. They were talking about a certain subject. And I wanted to look at him and say, all right, you act like you're the Apostle Paul. Are you the Apostle Paul? You know, I mean, or are you really the Apostle Peter? I mean, come on now. Let's not act super spiritual here. But I want you to understand something. The same Holy Ghost that the Apostle Paul had is the same Holy Ghost I've got. There are not two spirits. No, 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 no. There is one spirit. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, there's God the Holy Spirit. All three are one, but the Spirit of God, that is the supernatural. When God shows up, it is through the Holy Ghost that the supernatural is done. This is the same way that the Apostle Paul did it. This is the same way the Apostle Peter did it. So what I'm trying to tell you is that the Holy Ghost in Peter could cause his shadow to walk by and, and just touch somebody and they be healed. I'm telling you that God can do your Holy Ghost shadow the same way. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If the Apostle Paul can anoint a handkerchief and send it out with his sweat on it and it heal people, then guess what? Yours can too. Oh, y'all are looking at me like I have lost it this morning. Now, maybe you want to be part of the theology that says, well, the gifts were for the Apostles. And when the Apostles died, the gifts left. Really? Why would God give me less of him than, than they have? Why would God give him the them the first fruits and give me the leftovers? That's what I want to know. Because I don't want to be a part of this modern church. I want to be a New Testament church. So if it died with the apostles, what am I striving for? If it doesn't get any better than this, then why am I even a preacher anymore? Because if this is all I've got to share with our Pentecostals and say there's nothing better, then brother, I'm about ready to change the church name. But if we are going to be full of the Holy Ghost, then my God, let's be full of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit. Don't you tell me to die with the apostles because I've felt it. I've seen it. I've seen the supernatural. I know it's still real, ladies and gentlemen. I know it. I know it. I know it. Man, i got to hurry so I can close today. I'm, I'm getting wound up. So God watches how you transition from one point to another point. He notices to transition means from one state to another state. So when God promotes you or God anoints you or God uses you, you have to be careful that you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There's no room for pride and the supernatural. I'm going to say it again. There is no room for pride. And the supernatural. He wants someone that say. God that was amazing. But I still know who I am. You may have used me to do it. But I still know who I am. I'm nothing without you. He is looking for that meek and mild Moses. That can do miracles with a stick. But then go in the corner and say, God, I need Aaron to talk for me. I don't, I don't think I can handle this. Do you understand? He walks in humility. God even says that he's the meekest man to ever live on the face of the earth. I am nothing without you. It is not just words. It is truly from my heart. There's no room for pride in the supernatural. We were playing softball yesterday and I made some good plays. Doesn't my boys? Anybody want to clap? Any, all right, never mind. Never. Thank you, D. Branding points for you, buddy. I'll, I'll look out for you. I made a couple good plays. And I was picking. And Jennifer said, 
Hey, did you see that, honey? I was just trying to show off for my lady. It was funny because uh, um, Dylan told me on the way in, he said, better be careful. He said, that ball will find you. And I said, oh, all right, yeah, yeah. The next one came to me and I missed it, right? All right. Little pride hurt there, right? I got ready to go back in. I was like, oh, sorry, boys, I made a mistake. And they said, well, you, you made another good place. No, no, no. I thought about Paul where he said, I'm the least among the apostles. I looked at him and said, I'm the least among the softball players. That's why often we understand if we allow pride to get in our hearts, what's going to happen, you're going to fall flat on your face. Now, I've learned that lesson in ministry. I've learned that lesson in preaching because I have been the guy that had the pride and thought, look at me, and I've fallen on my face. And all it took was one time, and I learned from that. And, and so what I'm trying to tell you is simply this, that there's times that even when, even, even, even when people, and I appreciate people tell me, man, I appreciate your sermon today, or, 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 or thank you for that sermon today, and, and all this, I appreciate that, and, and I bless you, but, but oftentimes you may hear me say, to God be the glory, because I never want to get to a place that I think, well, you, you lighten them up now, because if I ever get to that place, I can't function and operate in the supernatural. But if I'm humble, and if you're humble, and if God says I can entrust. See, what God does with us, I, I'm, I'm convinced of this. What God does is he entrusts us with a little bit. And he says, I want to see how faithful he's going to be with this little bit. How faithful she's going to be with this little bit. And then when we show God that we're faithful over the small, biblically, God says, I'm going to give you just a little more. And, and a little more. And I think that's the way it is with the supernatural. I believe that God wants to let us dabble in a little bit. He works a little small miracle. wants to see, is he going to give me praise? Is she going to? give me glory and then God says yeah they gave me praise for that I'm going to take them a little higher I'm going to do something just a little greater I'm going to do something that will make them shake their head this time I'm going to do something a little higher that's going to make them scratch their head and say I know it was nobody but the Lord but if I'm going to function in the supernatural I must decrease so that he must increase because at the end of the day who got the glory the glory went to the God that performed the miracle and the word of God God grew mightier and mightier every day. Woo! I'm going to leave you with this. The serpent in the Bible in Moses' day represents the supernatural power of God. You know the story, this is before the Holy Ghost has even been fallen in Acts 2. It's kind of a precursor to that. The Israelites are very disobedient. They rebel against God. God decides one day he's going to send fiery serpents as a judgment on them. The fiery serpents begin to bite them. The people, the, the serpent is so venomous that people are falling over dead left and right. To which God says to Moses, if you would just make this brazen serpent. And I want you to put it up and just tell people if they can have faith. If every time the serpent bites them, if they would just have the faith to look at that, just, just that object. <laughs> That brazen serpent, there's nothing with that brazen serpent. I was reading this the other day, brazen serpents last a long time because years later, and I don't want to talk about it because I want to preach it, but years later they were still worshiping their brazen serpent. And eventually the man of God destroyed it because he said they made a pagan out of it. It wasn't in the serpent, the brazen serpent that brought the miracle. It was the supernatural God that was doing it. And so instead of giving God the glory, later on, they began to worship this for their miracle. And God said, you can't do that. Every time they looked at that brazen serpent, immediately, instantaneously, it defies all laws of, of, of what nature says. But immediately they are healed when they just look with faith. And that is why John told us, he said he compared it to this. He said Jesus was lifted up in John chapter 3. And he showed us that the, he said as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so Jesus Christ must be lifted up and the only cure for a sinful world do you know what it is? it's to look to Jesus Christ for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son John 3.16 so can I tell you that salvation is supernatural <laughs> the world can't understand it when Nicodemus came to Jesus real quick he looked at him and said you must be born again. How can I enter into my mother's womb the second time? His carnal mind's trying to grasp it. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. 
this is supernatural. This is not physical. This is not man's laws. This is God's laws. And so what's going to happen is I'm going to give you a rebirth. The old is going to be gone. The new is every time somebody gets saved. It is one of the greatest supernatural miracles that you'll ever see in your life. So there's a passage of scripture that most non-Pentecostals do not even realize is there. They preach and teach the great commission from Matthew where he said, Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I am with you always, even to the end. But there's another account in the Gospel of Mark that he gives us during the Great Commission. I've read it plenty of times. But I want to show it to you. Mark 16. Jesus is leaving them. And this is the Great Commission that he left with them in Mark. It's a little different than what we saw in Matthew. And that's why we have four Gospels because they all write from their own viewpoints what they saw. And these signs will follow those who believe. Are you ready? In my name. They will. Now the word I want you to notice throughout here is will. Everybody with me. Signs will follow those who believe. For in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take. Is everybody still with me? They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will. Now, 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 I just counted. I saw seven wills. That's God's number of perfection. God says will. Do you understand what will means? Will expresses the future tense. It means it hasn't happened yet. But it will. When we begin to understand that we have a supernatural God, this is exactly what it begins to look like. Come on to the piano, uh, Susan. I'm closing today. Can God use you to do the supernatural things? And I want to tell you something. When God uses people in the supernatural, it won't hurt you. You know, I, I tell people, I had, I had some people when I was coming up, they were a little shy. Of Pentecost, they're like, I'm afraid that if I get in the spirit, I'm gonna get hurt. I was like, Well, if you get hurt, you ain't in the spirit. That's the way I believe. Now, that may be too old school for some of y'all. It's like I told you, if I got people who won't be slain in the spirit, I don't care. You can follow out all you want, but know that you're gonna hit your head on that cement floor. I don't do catchers, I don't want to lighten your fall. If you're in the spirit, honey, you're gonna be okay. That's the way I believe. Somebody said, well, that's just crazy. No, it's supernatural. Because it doesn't make sense that somebody can do that and get up and walk away without a concussion. It don't make sense, right? Come on, medical field people out there. It don't make sense. But when God gets involved, it does. Because that's who God is. And that's what God can do. Can God use you? You know, I was reading about that stick and that serpent with, with Moses. I thought about the serpent. He takes the stick. Y'all remember this? He throws it down. It becomes a serpent. The magician, since we're talking about magic, the magicians say, we can do that too. And so they start throwing their rods down, and here comes serpent. There's serpents all around. But something supernatural happens. Because the serpent of Moses eats all the other serpents of the magician and if that wasn't enough something else supernatural happens God said reach down and pick up the snake take up the snake it won't harm you and when he picks it up what is it it's a stick now I never read in my Bible where God took that stick and turned into a snake again right but I can tell you supernatural after supernatural miracle that that stick performed it's touching water, it's turning the blood it's held up over a sea, the biggest sea of all and it's spread asunder he's taking these hidden rocks with it and water's coming out what is it? it's supernatural I can't explain it but God can do that I I'm going to leave you with this today if we could just have the faith to believe uh, has anybody ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? anybody? 
He was one of the craziest, fanatical, healing preachers that you will ever read about. I, I have read stories from him where people have came to him with tumors in their stomach. And he looks at them and says, what do you need? They say, I have a tumor in my stomach. I need to be healed. And he rear back and said, in the name of Jesus. And he'd punch them as hard as he could right in the place. That don't make a bit of sense. But tumors disappeared. People couldn't explain it. But Smith Wigglesworth had a spot that he and God hung out at. It was in an old oak that had hollowed out. And he would go and people would say for hours, sometimes all day long. You couldn't find Smith. He was out there in that tree praying. Supernatural things are happening. I was reading a story from, from his writing. And, and he said, one day a man came to my house. He was a very devoted brother. I said to him, Mr. Clark, you seem to be downcast today. What's up? Mr. Clark answered, I left my wife dying. Two doctors stayed by her side all night last, uh, last night, all, long, all night long last night. They say she's not going to live very much longer. So I asked him, why don't you believe God for your wife? To which he responded to me, Brother Wigglesworth, I cannot believe for her. Well, I knew a man named Nichols who, if he got the opportunity to pray, Nichols would pray all around the world three times and then come back. So I went to him and said, will you come and help me pray with Sister Clark, who's dying? He answered, yes, I'll be very glad to do that. He says, we had to walk a mile and a half to get to that house. When we got there, I told him to begin praying. Don't stop until you're finished. He said, when we got to the house, Miss Clark was nearly gone. I said to Mr. Nichols, who I had brought, you see the dangerous condition of Miss Clark. Sister Clark, we don't have much time. Don't waste time. Begin to pray. Seeing he had the opportunity, he began praying. I had never suffered so much as I did when that man was praying. And I cried to the Lord out loud, Stop him, please, Lord. Stop this man's praying. He said, puzzled. The man looked at me and stopped. He says, because he prayed for the dear husband, who was going to be bereaved. And he prayed for the children. Who were going to lose their mother and be motherless. He piled it on so thick. That I had to cry out. Stop him Lord. I cannot stand it any longer. And thank God he stopped praying. He said though I knew Nichols. Or the husband of Clark. Didn't believe necessarily in divine healing. I had concealed a small bottle in my hip pocket. That would hold about half a pint of oil. I put a long cork in it so that I could open the bottle easily if I should need it. Well, I took the bottle out of my pocket. I held it behind me and said, Now you pray, Mr. Clark. Brother Clark, being so encouraged by the words of Brother Nichols' prayer, he began to pray also that he might be sustained in his great bereavement and loss. I could not stand it at all. And I cried again, Lord, stop him. He said, I was so loud and earnest in my prayer that people outside the house could hear me. But thank God, he stopped praying. He said, as soon as he stopped, I pulled the anointing oil out. I pulled the cork out of the bottle. I went over to a dying woman who was laid out on the bed. I was a novice at the time, didn't have much experience. I didn't know any better. I didn't dab it. I just simply poured half a pint of oil over her whole body. And I said in the name of Jesus while I was doing it. I was standing beside her at the top of the bed looking towards the foot. When suddenly the Lord Jesus appeared. I had my eyes open gazing at him. There he was at the foot of the bed. He gave me one of those gentle smiles. I see him just now as I tell this story. I've never lost the vision. The vision of that beautiful soft smile. After a few moments he just vanished. But something that day happened that would change my life and ministry forever. Because Miss Clark was raised up and filled with life. She lived to bring up a number of her children. And guess what? She even outlived Brother Clark by many years. What happened in that house? I can't explain it. It's simply one word. And it's supernatural. Can we stand in the house today? Can you believe God for the supernatural right now in Jesus' name? Can you believe God for the supernatural? 
If you want it, I want you to come pray. I'm opening the altars. It's not even 12 o'clock. we got a plenty of time. People are coming now. Bless you, sister. Come on. we still got 11 minutes till 12 o'clock. If you believe that God can do the supernatural, I don't care if it's a miracle that you need or I don't care if it's your praying that God would use you in the supernatural. God told me to come tell somebody that He is a supernatural God. He is not dead. He is yet alive. He is well. He is on the throne. He desires to move in His church. He desires to move among His people. He is only looking for somebody that will have the faith to say, God, if you could do it then, you can do it now. The power of God did not die with His apostles. The power is still for the church today. The power, yes, sir, it's for you. Yes, ma'am, it's for you. For every spirit-filled believer, the power is for you. It is God's will for you to function in the supernatural singing. How great!